Hi, this is Nick Dawson, the editor-in-chief of TalkHouse Film, and you're listening to the TalkHouse Film Podcast. Filmmaker, photographer, and author Alex Lambert has been a TalkHouse Film contributor since last year, but she's been friends with Fred Armisen for the best part of three decades. Lambert and Armisen first met as students at the School of Visual Arts in New York City in the 1980s, and have stayed close as they each went on their separate creative trajectories. Armisen started off as a musician, playing drums in the punk band Trenchmouth with Lambert's high school friend Damon Locks, but then changed course to become one of this country's funniest comic performers on Saturday Night Live, and then on his own shows Portlandia with Carrie Brownstein, and Documentary Now, which he co-created with Bill Hader. He's now also the band leader of the 8G Band on Late Night with Seth Meyers on NBC. Lambert's endeavours have been just as diverse. She's directed three feature documentaries, including the Independent Spirit Award nominated with Mark of Cain, and worked as a writer on David Milch's shows John from Cincinnati and Deadwood, receiving a WGA Award nomination for the latter. She's published four non-fiction books, including Crime, which also had incarnations as a play and an animated series, and as a visual artist has shown her work at the Venice Biennale, MoMA, and the Pompidou Center. Last week, Winterstorm Jonas nearly prevented the two from having a conversation for the TalkHouse Film podcast. However, Armisen heroically flew from London to Iceland to Boston, then took a train to New York City, went straight to 30 Rock to record with Seth Meyers' house band, and then, without missing a beat, on to talk with Lambert. And it's a great talk. The kind that can only take place between two people who are truly comfortable with one another. Over the course of their conversation, the two touch on such things as their mutual love of Bitmoji and airport texting, why Fred insisted The Wizard of Oz was a documentary to Alex's CalArts class, the incredible story surrounding Fred's half-brother's mother and the Stasi, and, of course, Portlandia, Documentary Now, and his upcoming Spanish-language comedy show from Mas Mejor. I want to start with the fact that we've known each other since the Ice Age. Yeah. I think. Dinosaurs. And not, and not the animated movie Ice Age. Oh, no. We, we, that wasn't when we met. That was, like, movie. well into our friendship that movie came out. And we never talked about it. We never discussed that movie. It's the one thing I will say about our relationship is that never has that movie Ice Age come up. Never. Not once until now. But um, it was definitely, you know, one of the earlier sort of, like, animated movies of, of this kind of of this generation that's true yeah no but seriously I met you when you were a drummer for Damon Locks uh huh well well I was a student not for Damon they were all yeah making music together but we were in college and even then yeah riding around in the back of a van with you uh-huh. we were doing Frondi uh-huh. I remember Frondi mm-hmm. what other characters did you do that long ago I can't remember, but just like different accents and like just a lot of it that showed. Yeah. I was like, oh, I remember that. That was just for the van audience. <laughs> it was just for it the was four just, of yeah. us. But I, I didn't say accents like I'm bragging. Like, hey, I was good at doing something. I mean, like I just did characters, but I don't know what they were called or anything. But they were hilarious. And then there was also the, I feel like there was a Prince routine also. When oh the yeah, Prince would come on. Yeah. I used to do impressions of Prince, I remember, in college, to myself. I always just did it, you know, in the mirror or in the hallway or whatever. And then I remember in the dorms. I I lived at the SVA dorms. And, and yeah, I was just, I've always been a Prince fan. And then uh, it was really nice to, when, when I ended up doing it on Saturday Night Live, it was, that was just, 
easy because I'd been doing it for so long. That was brilliant. But then I feel like it was when we both lived in L.A. that that our friendship like jumped to a new yeah level because we were both living in L.A. Mm-hmm. and it was like I I was I shot a few things for you. Mm-hmm. What was that name of your show that you had? There was a couple. There was like. We did one where you were dressed as a priest, and we pretended that the camera was in view, yeah. and we pretended that it was a religious yeah, cable but show. Then, but then I got on my cell phone, and then... And cell phones were kind of... It was early Yeah, it was early cell, phone, cell phones. And I pretended to pick up the phone and start cursing. Which was hilarious. Uh, yeah, we've worked together a whole bunch. and then. But then I was teaching at CalArts yeah. at the time. Yeah. And this was like... One one thing I'm interested to ask you is like, so this was before you were readily recognizable. So a lot of your humor, you could just like be, you could take on a character and people wouldn't know it was you. Yeah. So I was teaching documentary film and also performance art. So I asked you to come as a film critic. Yeah. <laughs> and you came to class. Do you remember I just what you lectured. Said? Yeah, you were lecturing, but then do you, no. do you remember when they started catching on to you? No. Because they were all like rafties, they were like CalArt graduate students. And then you were like, okay, let's stop for a moment and, and say, what is a documentary film? Would The Wizard of Oz be a documentary <laughs> film? And they were like, no. And you were like, yes, it would be. <laughs> because it documents something on film. <laughs> you don't remember that? Nice job, Freddie, of years ago. They all started being like, what's happening? I like that Wizard of Oz came up as a, a reference. As a document, the yeah. best documentary ever made. Yeah. But now you're doing a whole show of documentaries. Yeah, of, of fake documentaries. Um, Maybe you should do the Wizard of Oz. Oh, yeah. Well, we'd have to get the rights to everything, though. All that stuff. They're so litigious, those people at MGM. That's who put it out, right? Let's look that up. I mean, not now. We don't look it up, but for listeners out there, look up who put out Wizard of Oz. Who distributed it? Who, what, what studio made it? I think it's MGM. I feel like documentary budgets have gone down since then. Oh, yes. Way, way down. Yes. Unfortunately. I think most people do make documentaries and stuff for free. They just get whatever camera they have and go out and do it. It's really funny that documentaries are so... It's not funny, but it's kind of cool that they're so accepted now. Like, just everyone really discusses things like the jinx and all that. You know, it's just like it's everyone's so versed in like. Did you watch all? Did you watch? Oh yeah. Do you like them? Yeah, I think it's great. Do you have? Do you like weigh in on like? I'm just. I can't believe how lucky filmmakers get. Like, the jinx one, the sound person left the the mics on and they caught him saying you know all that stuff and I'm just like what is the luck that a sound person most of my experience is a sound person just goes oh are we done let me take your love ish unless you're hoping that someone will say something that's true but even then I I'm I, like, I, feel I like will sound always forever until like we've left the scene of the crime <laughs> you know what it is that I would make a bad documentarian because I'd be like this I'd be like are we done I want to go home and I would take that mic and I'd be like, see you tomorrow. I mean, I just always want to go home. I don't know if that's true, Fred. I, if you had the murderer in the bathroom, you'd be like, what's he going to say? I actually would be like, what's he going to say? I'd be like, "He's let the, let the man go to the bathroom. I'm just not, 
dedicated as a filmmaker enough to do that. And it was that when I went to film school, I could feel that I wasn't a dedicated filmmaker. Uh, people were so into like. See, you went to film school. I didn't. Yeah. What's the what? <laughs> see what happens. What's going on? I I just I was never interested in like really making films. I I like I like being in them. I like you know some of the stuff around it. But as far as like when they started talking about like. The actual production I was like that is not my what, what I'm meant to be doing okay so. but you're making films uh, well ish. TV-ish but it's it's still not the same as like making long films I'm not saying that I'm not open to it in the future but I'm just saying that like the that idea that I that I would have taken the, his mic it shows that I'm not one of those I've got to make this masterpiece of a movie I love making things and I love doing stuff for TV but I don't have that um that thing for film which is like I'm gonna make a great film it's just I love making listen I I don't mean it as a, anything I'm just being honest that like I love making television I like making short I, I, my, I think in terms of 30 minutes or less so it's a length thing it's a length thing I'm like this is what my you brain you work really hard I work all the time but so I it's think not it's not a like I want to go home thing actually no 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 it's, it's, it's about it's not a, a, about laziness it's that my brain works as in half hour increments like that's like that is something I can picture in my head and go oh this might be a good episode or whatever but that's I'm, I'm happy with that I'm glad yeah no me too yeah yeah do you think you, you do you think that you think in terms of longer long form I don't know if I, I don't think I think about a certain length mm-hmm. it's more like how big is the story short or longer mm-hmm I don't know, it's just a story, I guess. Sometimes it's like, oh, there's a lot to say, and sometimes it's like, oh, that, that'll be a one-minute <laughs> experience. What's the longest thing you ever made? Um, I'm probably in the middle of it right now. Mm-hmm. Well, Alex and I have known each other a really long time, and I have always known her to be like a, not like, a, a visual artist. <clears throat> and a long time ago, I'd say early 90s, when I was in a band, she made this short film is her as like a sort of basketball ma- coach or manager a and ma- a, ma- a male basketball yeah and she shaved her head like a male pattern baldness and then like put a suit on and she just had this she was like showing throwing uh, her, this basketball into a hoop in this gym <clears throat> and it was um, it was just really cool It's uh, I always really liked the simplicity of it it was funny and we made music for it and uh I feel like we've been working together a long time. Yeah, we did that. Also, I got to be the um, guy with the ski mask in your, on, on uh, New Year's Eve in Seattle. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. You did a skit about how to, yeah. if you're being held up. Yeah. And I got to be the person who held you up. That's fun. I, I, I owe you for that, then. I, no, I must I, owe you some pay. I think, I'm in a, I think all your friends have gotten to be that guy at some point. Damon was. Oh, that's right. God, you've got a better memory for these things than I do. I do have a good memory. How's this going so far? Everybody happy? Wait, are you ready to start? <clears throat> I'm ready to start. Okay, so let's start. So. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's one of the things I, that I'm pretty excited is our mutual, or it's what seems like, mm-hmm. our mutual love of Bitmoji. Yes. I think that your Bitmoji is strangely accurate. And for everyone out there who's listening, I think everyone knows what it is, but it's that Im- 
variation on emoji where you could make your own features. And yours was, you were the one of the first people who sent it to me. I was like, what is this thing? Yeah. And then I went immediately and made my own. And now I'm a little overly attached to my avatar, yeah. my like emoji person. They keep... Um, like sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't know if she looks like me today. I should look like her. <laughs> like I'm trying to like match a fake representation. You looked. Of me. You really. It's so perfect. Um, but they're really funny because they're, what they're smart in doing is they keep updating it, so they'll put out a new one relating to winter or like whatever, whatever politician is out there, or like something or or Star Wars. It's so smart. They like really. They're like right on it, so you can't help but go to it all the time. I think they're pretty great. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm like. I'm weirdly into them. And then, yeah, and then also we have, we tend to do a lot of airport texting and plane texting. Yeah. There's a lot of that because I think we have similar. from different gates in the same airport. Yeah. (laughs) I remember that. Because I feel like we have similar lives and that we travel, but we we have like the same travel, I feel like, rhythms. Um, Neither of us has kids. I think that like, that's part of it too like we have that when people talk about like what their how their lives would change we're like on the before side of it of like they haven't changed yet we haven't changed we're just still like oh i'm gonna go to this one city for a a little while no it's like the number of people you can call at three in the morning starts to get smaller and smaller yeah but you're i can usually you'll answer yeah i mean text yeah true should we talk about work yeah yeah well, we, um, I want to hear more about this Mas Mejor. Oh, okay. So uh, there is a company. So there's Broadway Video. They make Saturday Night Live. And uh, they they did 30 Rock. And then so then they also have this like outlet, which is like a website for comedy called Above Average. And apparently it's been doing very well. People make content for it. So then they decided to have one that's um, more focused on the Latino community and just people from the Spanish-speaking world. For a long time, I've wanted to do a show completely in Spanish. I just, I don't know why. I like the idea of it. Um, I think we have an idea of what Latin comedy was, is supposed to be, and I, I suspect that it's something different than that. So I that's what I've been, you, you know what I mean? Like there's like <clears throat> the generalization of it. It's nobody's fault. It's just that, like, I don't know how much well, it's been explored. Fault, right? I don't know if it's anybody's fault. We can't blame one person. No, no, but you could blame many people. But I don't want to blame anybody. Those poor people. Well, you don't have to name them. We don't have to name them, or maybe we should. But they, it just happened that way, and um, I don't know. It just that's it seemed like this might be my way into getting to make a totally Spanish show that isn't about being Spanish speaking. And so, how, like, where is that project? Where is that at? Um, I have an idea for a show. We went to Mexico City, and um, we kind of just uh, walked around with this one area. We kept it real safe. This very like kind of Portlandy area called La Condesa, and we just stayed around there and just talked to people. Uh, some of the people who work at Vice, we talked to, to some of the, these people who run uh, what was going to be this, the Spanish version of Saturday Night Live. Um, and this other guy who runs a, an American Legion bar, but 
it's no longer an American Legion bar. It's just like a bar. It's just like a hipster, cool place to go. So just to talking to these people, um, I started bouncing around some ideas to maybe put a show together. And, and so, do you know when you're going to... Nope, I have no idea. All these things are like, you know, I hope I can... I think I have an idea for a story, but now we're in that weird, unexciting part, which is like pitching it and like getting a dream in together. <sighs> so for me to like, yeah, it's like <clears throat> there's nothing... There's no fun announcement to be like, hey, and actually, we're, it's just like we're, we're getting it together. But for me, it's a huge thing because I don't know if I'm going to be in it and I want to branch out into doing things that I'm not in. I don't know if I can even say what it is, but so we were talking about something that I've been like, how do we do this thing that is serious and have it be about Fred and have anybody think that it's going to be serious? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Do you know what I'm I talking about? I don't know, about? but, but all that, that stuff no, is... You know, the, like, the, Berlin story is what I'm talking about. What do you mean my? Oh yes. I was like, there's. No, how do we do this without people thinking, oh, this is going to become funny, <laughs> which never would be. Maybe this isn't good because we're not. But it might. It might be funny in its own way. Well, I'm not saying. It would, I mean, would couldn't <coughs> have humor in it, but. So the story is, I have a half brother, who lives in G- Germany, and he's from East Germany. What well, was East Germany? And my dad had a kid uh, in East Berlin before he had me. And the woman who he had a kid with stayed in East Berlin. An ex-girlfriend, if you will. I stayed in touch with my brother. The wall is up. And they lived through, you know, living in communist East Germany. And when the wall came down, this woman went to... What, as many people did, they went to the Stasi. Your brother's mother. Yes. And I think a lot of people did this. They were just like, what do you have on me? There's a lot of internal spying. I want to know what exists out there. And they handed over three photo album-sized books of all the information they had on her. And They're amazing. They're amazing. She showed it to me. And in it, there are letters she's written. The thing I remember Fo- is you said there's in, there's pictures of the inside of her refrigerator. Yeah. A picture of the inside of her fridge. Someone went in when she wasn't home, opened the fridge, took a picture. She was showing this to me, kind of laughing and kind of going, I can't believe this happened to me. And then there was one page that was a map of her neighbors and the street that she lived on and who were informants. And it was everybody around her. So that, to me, is the heartbreaking part. Yeah. It's completely heartbreaking. It's like all your she friends were most, informing on you, yeah. right? She seemed the most hurt by that. Yeah, of course. Because she was like... like everybody you trust. It's like if I found out tomorrow, you were just like, yeah. FBI, let me tell you what Alex is up to. Yeah, everybody. But so I became obsessed with this, because, as you know, because I was like, we have to go to Germany and make a short film on this, right? Yeah. And then I was like, people are going to be like... This isn't. People are gonna wait for it to be be like a fit one of your documentary thing. Like, yeah, but if you if we start it, if I say, I well, know I'm a comedian, and then I, like, and well, then I, I don't know, it, it's okay to explain and go like, hey, this isn't a joke. This is really, you know. I think people more and more. I feel like things are just getting better and better. Although you did say one funny thing, which was that you were annoyed. That oh yes. Because <laughs> I visited when, in like 1985. I visited my half-brother in East Germany. I went through the train station and everything 
you know, they checked my passport. I went through a whole rigorous process. And when I was there, I kept getting stopped by the police. They would sort of like, hello, can I check your passport? You are Fred Armisen, you live in New York, etc. So I was like, wow, they really are on me. When my, this, let's, let's call her my stepmother. Your brother's mother. My, my brother's mother. <laughs> um, I, you know, I asked her, I was just like, am I in there at all? Is there any, are there any pictures of me visiting a guy from the United States? Why wouldn't they spy on that? You were really upset because you weren't in there. Zero. They were more interested in her refrigerator contents. I was, yeah. Food was more interesting than me. I was, I was insulted at the sort of, also I was sort of, what a dumb thing. I'm like, if you want to check anyone out, you better check out a teenager from New York. You better believe that, you know. That you're going to be stirring up trouble. Yeah. Nothing, zero. Zero. And also, I'm also upset because what a great photo that would have been if I was like guess what I just brought back from Germany a spy yeah, but the picture. photos are amazing anyway the photos are great there's one of them of a boyfriend of hers uh, getting out of his car and it looks like something out of a movie it's because it's at that weird distance and when, the way people look when they don't know they're being photographed is really weird yeah their, their whole face is just you know <laughs> I'm doing the face but it's like they let everything down even their bodies are just like bleh and they're just he's just coming out of a car that's how you know it's like a real spy picture so for anyone who's listening when we go spend two days with your brother's mother yeah it's not a joke no but I think this is an incredible story yeah the whole the whole East Germany thing is like it's incredible and the more that I learn about it the less the more I understand it but also I mean I don't want to get too political but you know well, all this stuff with how phone calls and texts are being recorded now. Oh, yeah, it's like, terrible. I'm like, you know, it exists still. Oh, no, no, it definitely does. Yeah. You're supposed to, like, tape over the little camera on your, yeah. on your computer, which yeah. I always forget to do. Yeah. And now I really, I will say that, like, I do keep my messages very dumb. You know what I mean? Like, not for fear of anything with the government, but just, you know... If you're making fun of somebody or something like that, it's just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You, you, you know, you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. So so you make less smart fun of them? I just keep it. I keep <laughs> it real I keep it I'm real gonna dumb. I'm going to make fun of this person, but I'm going to make it really dumb. Yeah. Just because. So they can be like... On the other hand, I had a good text exchange with um, Andy Sandberg from SNL, and after Breaking Bad was over, this is the dumbest thread we ever had. We started acting like people who just started watching Breaking Bad. So it was so uncool. We just sent the most uncool, stupid texts to each other that were like, I can't believe, you know, we would bring up characters. And it was so slow that if anyone read it, they'd be like, these people are idiots. And this is after the show's done. So. And what were your reflection on Breaking Bad? It was all the most simplistic, like, I guess he has to... Uh, do this because he needs that money. So you're working today? Yeah, oh yeah. At Seth, uh, for the, Seth Meyers, yeah. yeah. So last time when I came there with you, we we had both had a horrible week. We were talking about horrible things. Yeah. And we were in your dressing room, and every time someone would come in in a really good mood, then they'd hear like the end of a sentence and then be like, oh, sorry, and then leave oh, yeah. and then come in and went on for like yeah. hours. That amused me. 
even though it's sad. Yeah, you went through it. I mean... Well, you did too. Yeah. But how often do you end up... How often do you end up on the playing drive? You know, I still sort of... Not sort of. I still help with, like, booking other musicians on for the band. And... I watch the show every night to make just to you know hear the band. It's never anything. It's always great. But I do like a, to play. I do like a week a month, just so I could go do these other things. And right. it seems to be working out. It brings yeah, me yeah, to New yeah. York, and so that's not bad. I was you can't hide. No. Oh, Fred's in town. That's right. That's right. Go go track him down. Yeah, I wouldn't hide from you, Alex. No, you're pretty good. I mean, I feel like between the Bitmoji and the Words with Friends, we're in touch like every day. I would say. Probably every day. Yeah. I would agree. Which is good. Yeah. It's funny. It's like having, knowing someone for a long time makes me very happy to be alive. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have that thing of like, oh, I'm so depressed because I never made any roots in my life or um, I, I can't lament that. I'm like, I feel good that I've had friends for a really long time and it's the best feeling about it is like I get to um relax and be myself and and be boring that's what I was saying before you got here I was saying like I'm a very introverted person so it's nice when there's somebody that I don't have to feel like I gotta like yeah put it on yeah like I'm like I don't know I'm just gonna sit here and it's fine with you yeah I'm not like oh Fred's never going to talk to me again if I don't say anything. All right. Although if you didn't say anything, well, I would talk to you more because I'd be like, why aren't you saying anything? You, you might, yeah. But I didn't say much in high school and Damon was like, it was like Damon was like, she's okay. And then everybody else was like, okay. Like Damon thinks she's okay. Damon so is trustworthy. Damon, by the way, is our mutual friend. I was in a band with him for a long time. I consider him one of my best friends. And Alex grew up with him, so... Yeah. He is this. He is I consider him one of my best friends. Maybe we'll have to whip him in half. I think you met him first. I did meet him first. You win. Do you think that's what it is? What if Damon was like, yeah, I met Alex first, but I like Fred better. I trust. I trust that he would. He would pick you just for for like because it's because it's a solid. You can't argue with it. I don't think he would pick because he's too nice. I think you're right. <laughs> do you miss that I mean I know you're still playing music but do you miss the whole band like on in the back of the band no, no not at I all. don't miss that part of my life I'm glad I did it I learned so much and I got to play a lot of drums but that's that's for someone in their 20s you know it's moving so much equipment it's amp after case after amp it's having to negotiate. In that order, it goes amp case. Amp case. It, well, it, it actually does because you have to like do the sort of Tetris of getting everything into the van. And it's... Being in a van, it's freezing or hot. I mean, sleeping in people's houses. Also, the one thing that doesn't get documented very much is the horror show that goes into eating a meal. Negotiating with three other band members like... While you're hungry, uh, the, 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 the quality of the conversation is inane, where you actually go in a circle of like, but I wanted something healthy. 
but we need to leave now. But this place is close and it seems good. No, the guy we're staying with says it's not good. And this goes on forever and ever and you are starving and no one's happy. That is the biggest... Someday someone needs to... That is what has to be documented in the life of a person in a band. Everyone talks about it. So That's much like of the other any aspects. decision that has to be made that, that involves more than two people is just a it's, it's gonna a be a shit show and and it's like because you're a musician you're a little bit like you're a little bit of a baby <laughs> so you don't you're not polite and like oh whatever you guys want you're you're actually like i am so sick of looking at your face for these past two weeks up close really close <laughs> the whole time and i i don't want to bow to your whim i don't your thing for looking for this pancake place that has special whatever i don't i'm not it, it's it becomes a there's a lot of like there's always one person in the band who wants to go to this special thing of like hey we're in baltimore and there's a crab right, right. sandwich thing that everyone's talking about there's that i mean there's a million things that and there's always you know but i'm, I'm sick of not eating healthy that made me crazy <laughs> It's, I'm actually getting upset thinking about how that just took up so much of my time of like t- talking about food. <laughs> well, you, yeah. You know, it's like when I travel alone, it's great. Wake up, go, go get a hotel breakfast, you know. You're pretty easy, though. You didn't have any special requirements. Peanut uh, butter, you asked for peanut butter. Peanut butter, but oh, also mean, coffee. Mean, like, they weren't as crazy about coffee. So for me, I was like, I need good coffee. So that was a little bit of a battle. I don't miss that. I also don't miss, like, that battle. When you're in a band, it's almost like a political campaign to, like, be, like, God or just to be, like, it's our time. This is for me. Other people have a healthier attitude. I was very, like, when's, when when do I get to be, when's my time? You know, like, Like very, you are with the Stasi. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Why am I not in this yeah. book of photographs? Why, there's a real hunger and need and it is it is never fulfilled because you're like every time you play a city it's just like you don't get the well you guess who you know so and so played here last week and this happened and they had this many more people it, it's not fun that like battle for like we're gonna make it unless you're a band who we did not make it or whatever that term means but if you're not one of those bands you're just, it's just a fight right. against the universe you feel very entitled I think that I just wasn't that I know musicians who love making music and make such great music that they're meant to do it that like a, I mean, someone who makes film it just wasn't for me I wasn't one of those people I could tell when I was in the recording studio because I wanted to get out. out I was like I don't know it sounds like me this sounds fine and everyone else was like no let's mix it so it sounds good that's you know that's those are people who are meant to do it I feel like your brain is like, any situation, how could, what's the humor in this situation? Like, Damon was telling me this story. I don't know if I can tell the story. (laughs) When you guys were rehearsing and the power went out and it was like pitch black. And then when the power came back on, you were behind the drums exactly like before, but you'd taken all your clothes off. Oh, God. I remember that. (laughs) (laughs) That's like funny. Like, that's like, like my brain would be like, oh, the power's off. How do we get back on? Yours is like, how is this going to be funny? Yeah when the lights go on. That's hilarious. Nice job, Freddie. I think that's funny. What made you think that? I, I have, guess no, it's, I have funny. no idea. 
I don't get me wrong. I had a great time. I loved it, but it's not. It wasn't a hundred percent for me. But I, I really did love. I loved hanging out with my bandmates. I got to travel a lot. I got to play drums a lot. I met so many people. That was really great to see that the punk community was alive in so many places. It was awesome. I got to learn about lots of music. I got to meet many bands. So I don't regret any of it. Right. I'm glad I did it. So you also you met Carrie. So how did you guys like start thinking? Oh, let's do this. Let's do this. Uh, just because like it would have been when we decided like we should work together. The idea of putting a band together or jamming is so predictable. What were we going to do that was so was going to be anything? You know, she was already in Slater Kinney, so it was just like a, a feeling of like. What, let's do something that like we don't wouldn't expect to work, and we just started shooting these pieces, and it was like it made so much sense right away. Immediately, it made so much sense to me. Yeah, and it's in season six. Six season six of the show, and we, you know, we thought it was just an online thing of weird little videos of like, let's not do any jokes, let's just do weird little pieces, and then it ended up being its own thing. All right. Can't still can't believe my luck. And you love Port- you love Portland. I love Portland. I love it. I love doing that show. It's it's the whole thing is a dream. Would you stay in Portland? If you no. weren't making no. I mean I, I, I have a place there and I love I love going there, but I don't know if I would like stay and move there as a permanent place to live. Just because I, I I just want to travel. I want to be out. Right. You know, I want to be in Your new obsession too. is Iceland. I love Iceland. <laughs> You're going to be living in Iceland. I love Iceland so much. I can't get enough of that place. I can't believe it exists. Yeah. I love that country so much. It's like it's like if I invented a country in my head. It would be Iceland. It would be Iceland. I'd be like, why don't, let's make something that isn't so tropical with bugs. <laughs> let's take the tropics and bugs out of, out of the scenery. Picture. No palm trees, no bugs. Make out it cold. Some whale instead. There's some whale. But make some black rocks like a volcano. Like it looks cool, and the houses look really cool and weird and boxy. The houses look like they were designed by children. Like a little kid made a house. Like they drew a house, and they you were know like, what? okay, build it just like that. Yeah, here's like, the specs. Here's the specs. That's how they look. You know how the, when kids draw a house, it's just like a square with a triangle on top and one window. That's how they look. Do the people look like the kids drew them? Less so. But the people look great. Oh, God, I love that place. But the first, so the first time you went there was for the documentary. For no, the, no, no. You I went, went there way before. Years then. ago. I've gone, it's one of the only places I've gone alone just so I could write. But that is the Nanook of the North. Is in the, in we the, shot that in you Iceland. You shot that yeah. in Iceland, right? Yeah. And also the Al Capone in Iceland. So it's your writing place. I do like writing there. It's great. Oh, right, Al Capone. That was good. I liked that. (laughs) For those of you who haven't seen it, it's... We made up... this For this fake documentary show, we made up a fake festival in Iceland where people celebrate the life of Al Capone. Just because Europeans, I feel like, are very into, like, gangsters and the 30s and Blues Brothers and, I don't know, hats. Hats, for sure, hats. Tommy guns, stuff like that. We went hat shopping. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> no, I think that's true. Um, yeah. But, you know, maybe there will be a real uh, Al Capone festival there now. Maybe that's my hope, is for it to get... That's your hope, is <laughs> for that, like it's For it to actually start happening. You should go every year. I, I wish I could. I love it there so much. I know I keep saying it, but I do. No, I like it too. I mean, I've never been there, but what I like is about what you said is the... Is the um, I don't like why all the places that are good are like hot and yeah and like uh, everything that I don't want the sun yeah the I'm not beach, a fan of the sun and the mosquitoes yeah not a fan of all that stuff not a paradise no also I like wearing jackets I was so excited when it snowed the other day yeah I thought it was I winter clothes are better they are it's nice more pockets to put your stuff in it's also good. when I if I ever if I take a picture in the sun I'm like all squinty and sweaty yeah, it's not a good look. Not a good look. Winter is like, huh? Yeah. I'm gonna cover half my face. Yeah. And we'll have like some kind of there's precipitation, so it's like a filter. Yes. <laughs> it kind of yeah. blends me into the background. Exactly. Uh, everything looks good. Yeah. That's just me. No, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm not saying that you do that. I'm with you 100. percent So what else are you working on right now? Tell me everything. That's it. I mean, come uh, on, that's never it. Oh yeah. I mean, I would say the extent of it is. I mean, there's more documentary now coming. We're gonna write some more episodes. We're doing a table read on Thursday. What is that? What are the episodes? Are they secret? Uh, they are secret because we haven't chosen them yet. Um, and then more Portlandia in the summer. Hopefully, some more Spanish stuff. So, do you shoot the Portlandia in bulk? Like you? Yes. Like, okay. we do a whole season all, all at once. Um. So that's over the summer. So that's, that's got my whole year pretty solidly locked down. Which is how I like it. It is how you like I it. I miss being in L.A. Do but you? I like, you oh, do yeah. you love L.A.? I love L.A. What do you love about L.A.? The sun. I like the hills and at night the twinkling lights. I love driving. Oh, yeah, you do like driving. I love how crazy and, and strange and, like, weird houses and, like, it's just... I don't know what it is. It's sprawling. Do you and, and for me as a New Yorker, it's just exotic. Yeah, I guess it is. And I love, like, studios and showbiz stuff. Like, I like all that stuff. Like, it, it's like when I was a kid and I grew up and I got to, like, see all the studios and stuff. How old were you? Well, my dad took me there when I was in third grade, I think. Third, second or third grade. He took me on a trip to L.A. And was it like a little, like you went to the studio We went to Universal Studios, all that stuff, yeah. So I think it's like a nice memory for me. One of my favorite things that you did recently, well, I guess it wasn't recently now, it was a couple years ago, but that was the the music documentary that started your whole documentary, (laughs) big documentary. Which one? Ian uh, Ian Rubbish. Rubbish. Ian Rubbish. Oh, yeah, we did it as a a short piece for SNL. And you were kind enough to perform as Ian Rubbish. Oh, yeah, I did it for that thing. That, to me, is, like, so hilarious. I just could watch that over and over again. Well, that's very nice of you. You know, it's all the stuff that I love. It's, like, The Clash. and Margaret Thatcher had just died, right? Yeah. So they just did a piece where... Seth Meyers actually came up with the concept of it. Oh, really? The only punk who is a fan of Margaret Thatcher... It's a, it's a hilarious premise, and it was like everybody perfect. And it was, I was glad we got to do it, and it's what led to documentary now. And I got to work with Seth some more, you know. So what? Uh, you, those are secret. Well, what documentaries are you watching? What's the latest one I've seen? I don't know. 
God, I can't remember. I just feel like I just watched something, but I can't remember what it was. There's a Ginger Baker one, which was great. Eagles documentary. Uh, I can't remember what the latest one was. Because I think that, like, watching some of those shows, you know, like, not just The Jinx, but How to Make a Murder. The Making, what is it called? The Making of a Murderer. How to Make a Murderer is a good title, but I think it's Making a Murderer. The Making of a Murderer? Yeah, How to Make a Murderer. But that fills in the the sort of, like, that'll take the place of, like, having seen, like, a feature Well, the 10-hour, 10-hour documentary. So that's where that Which lives. Which is how I watch moment. those things. That's the problem. I have a problem with the binge watching. You really do it? I really do it. Do you watch on a laptop or an iPad? Or I am in, I'm like your Portlandia skit where you're just like the next morning you have an yeah. evening. Yeah, I just watch the whole thing. It was pretty great. I, but I mean, now that everything is being released like that, it's like a problem. Because I watch things all night. Like I, I'm an insomniac, so I just like, okay, tomorrow at noon I'll be done. It's kind of great. I like it. It's, it's, it's like, it feels like people who like listen to records or like collected baseball cards. Right. I like that it's like this new thing that everyone can bond about. Well, or fight about. Or fight about. Or That's pretty great. It's such a nice thing. Like I feel like really glad that I get to do TV and entertainment at this time where it's like very like... There's so much happening. People are just putting stuff out all the time. It's like, you know. What, what do you think has changed? And I mean, obviously a lot has changed. Yeah, I mean, the, the it's a discussion that could go on forever. But it's well, just we've like, got we've got three more days. We got three more Did days. You know Let's that? do it. Did anyone tell you that? We're here for three days. <laughs> I'll do we it. We have the room till I'll Friday. I'll do it gladly. If <laughs> uh, this is like binge talking. Yeah. Oh my God. We're gonna talk. Binge talking until every listener turns it off. That's the goal. I wonder if there's like you could have a binge. You know what? Person. We're not interested in yeah. them. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're still talking. They're still going. That's a good world record. They they haven't done that yet. Longest conversation. Longest podcast. Everybody turned it off. No one's ever heard the end of the them. end of how long it could go. Like who? Nobody knows except for you and me. What happens in the end? Are you registered to vote? Of course, I'm registered to vote. I think that I'm registered, but I think I don't know where to go. You just. You can find online. You can just go online and you can. I think I've moved so much that something got messed up. I gotta figure something out for this year. Yeah, you should vote. Mm-hmm. Oh hell yeah! Unless you're gonna vote for the wrong people. I didn't. I never liked that thing where people are like. It doesn't matter who you vote for. Just vote. I'm like, no, no. It matters a lot. You should not vote if you're voting yeah. for somebody. I don't. They're just want. being. You know, they're being. They want their message to be clean. Yeah, but that's just, bullshit. I know. It matters they're just, they're just being like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, actually it matters. It way matters. And if you're going to vote for the person I don't want, I hope you don't vote. I'm with you. This is like pro-democracy. I'm like, mm, look, who, <laughs> look who we have to choose from. Yeah. But I got to do it. Oh, I will. I'm registered somewhere, but... Do you do impressions of all of the candidates? No. No. Any of them? No, I don't think so. Can't do Trump. Can't do Ben Carson. Can't do Hillary. No. My favorite uh, politician you did was an old blind guy. (laughs) Sorry. David Patterson. David Patterson. Oh, that made me so happy. 
he turned out to be not turned out he's a really nice guy he came onto the show came to SNL we did it together somehow you can you you have the ability to get away with these impressions that you would be like can we do that mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you and then it's like it doesn't feel mean it was just hilarious we, we tried not to make it mean we tried to make no, it more it that didn't he was feel like mean at all but it was really he was more of a stand-up like, comedian who was like anti-New Jersey yeah exactly and then there was you would do this thing where then you actually looked in the camera which made me laugh so yeah hard. what did he say to you when he showed up he was great we talked about his family a little bit and then that we really do look alike and then you know there was a part where we're supposed to we're both supposed to come up in front of the camera and he didn't have you know the way for him to to know when to do it is that we held hands and so I have a photo someone took a picture of it of us holding hands underneath the camera like we're about to pop up and it's a really cool picture it's like so much is happening that's awesome. Yeah, that was. A That's the other thing I think you have an incredible gift for is like getting people's entire story. Like when you were talking to Atsuko's grandmother, in uh-huh. like an hour, you were like, "Did you know?" And you knew her entire like eighty-year history. And I was like, "How did you do that?" That was amazing. Do you remember that? It's just with some people, I guess. It's not with everyone. It's a- she told you about her husband being killed in a car accident and then she never got her entire dating life after that yeah that was it she never got remarried I find that impressive uh Alex yes friend love talking to you love hanging out with you <laughs> I feel like we're very similar I feel like uh you are always working on something you don't see it but I see it that you're always working on something I admire you um, and I'm very, I feel very lucky that I've known you this long. I'm so happy that you came and did this. I'm very thrilled to have a friend that I've known for three decades. Me too. This is Nick Dawson from TalkHouse Film, and you've been listening to Alex Lambert and Fred Armisen on the TalkHouse Film podcast. This episode was engineered by Elliot Einhorn and edited by Adrian Wagner. For more filmmakers talking film and TV, visit thetalkhouse.com slash film. Subscribe to TalkHouse Film and TalkHouse Music Podcasts on iTunes, where you can find all our previous episodes. And while you're there, please rate and review if you can. <laughs>